It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Hey, John, welcome back to the CORE Podcast and uh, welcome to the discussion on Element 14, Occupational Health. Thank you. One thing I wanted to talk about before we jump into the questions is um, the importance of occupational health and just mention that it's often uh, forgot about hazard because of, um, you know, the, the danger isn't glaringly obvious maybe in your eyes, but, you know, the exposure can be detrimental as we know with something like asbestos. Um, so it is major and it is very important that occupational health hazards are addressed and included in your um, hazard assessment. Um, and yeah, that's what we're going to be discussing today. Excellent. Okay. So 14.1, has the organization conducted a risk assessment for occupational health hazards? So this could be answered in one of two ways. One, you could do a separate assessment for occupational health risks, Mm -hmm. or you can actually incorporate it as part of element two. Um, ideally, however you do it, the key is it has to be specific. If you're doing it part of element two, it cannot just be health hazards checkbox mm-hmm. right you know you have to say what are they and are, and be a little bit more prescriptive in that so if you do it that way that's fine ideally you know you want to have a separate assessment for your health risk hazards uh, in your workplace whether it's in your office shop projects etc yeah so you want to be uh, making sure that the risk assessments are including all of the um, the chemical hazards. Uh, yeah, chemical, physical, biological agents, any designated substances, confined spaces, etc. Right. Yeah, sometimes I'll get a submission where the organization hasn't conducted a risk assessment uh, for the occupational health um, hazards at all, or they provide something that's very limited, or like you said, you know, it could be a part of their, their overall um, risk assessment uh, from element two, uh, but it doesn't really include a whole lot of information. So, if we don't get something that is comprehensive enough and addresses all of the occupational health hazards, um, it means that it's going to be negatively impacting the scoring for this element. Correct. Correct. And that's the key. Like it has to be more than one line, more than one sentence, and it has to be reflective of what your company does. Right. Okay. Like you said, again, again, our health is detrimental to that person's health. So mm-hmm. why not we have a proper assessment to make sure we mitigate those hazards and those risks so that we protect our workers. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, 14.2 then, um, have controls been developed and implemented for the identified occupational health hazards? Again, this is straight, simple and straightforward. Controls must be developed and implemented as per your risk assessment of those health hazards. So we have a risk or we have a hazard, what's the risk and we need to control that risk, mm-hmm. right? So where it could be simple as training, PPE, you know, you know, back to the the hierarchy, right? So again, is it environmental controls? Is it is it administrative controls, etc.? Right. So in terms of documentation for this question, again, we'd be looking for your risk assessment on the occupational health hazards and to see specifically that the controls have been identified and implemented. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. So on the topic of controls, um, this brings us into a pretty big chunk of this element where we're going to be looking at the controls that the company has, uh, specifically the documented procedures that the company um, has just to address the health hazards that they've identified. So I'm going to let you, John, um, address the next few questions uh, yourself, um, as opposed to me going question by question, because the questions are so similar. So I'll ask the first main question, and then you can go into each one, like chemicals, physical agents, biological agents, and uh, 
etc. Okay. okay. Um, so the next couple questions starts off with, is there a documented procedure that addresses working safely with the following? Yeah. So again, this is, we're looking for a procedure, right? So for chemicals, what is a documented procedure for working safely with chemicals? Mm -hmm. Again, this is more than just a women's program, right? Right. But the issue is most people just give us a women's program. That really doesn't answer the audit question because it has to do working safely with chemicals. It could be part of your women's program, but not all absolute. Mm -hmm. Physical agents, question 14.4, deals with physical agents. Again, most common are heat, cold, and noise. So the procedure must specify how you're working safely with those. Mm -hmm. Biological agents, again, addresses the procedure. Of what biological agents are, if applicable, and if they're not applicable, state why they're not in your auditor notes. Mm -hmm. But most people, you know, depending on where they're working, could actually incorporate that. Right. And just to clarify that when you're talking about, um, you know, question 14.3, it's also written in the core handbook that um, when the company submits the the procedure for working safely with chemicals, we're also asking for a chemical inventory to be submitted. That's correct. That's that's more advisable for sure. Okay. Go ahead with uh, Okay, question 14.6. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Tacey. 14.6 uh, <laughs> is lead. So do you have a documented procedure for working safely with lead? Mm -hmm. Again, if applicable, if not, that's what you document in your auditor's notes and reasons why, right? So again, it's just not saying not applicable. Why mm -hmm. is it not applicable, right? Um, question 14.7 deals with asbestos. Right, so asbestos, has, again, working safely with asbestos, and at least every workplace party needs to be instructed on how to identify ACM, which just stands for asbestos-containing material. Mm -hmm. Again, what do you do if you discover it? Who do you report to, et cetera? That's kind of the, the content of all the procedures we're looking for. Who, what, where, why, why, why right? Mm -hmm. It could be, like as in question 14.8, silica, right? When for working with silica, who's doing it, when, how often, et cetera. Again, these could be safe work practices or procedures primarily. Mm -hmm. We're looking for an actual procedure. Right. right? It could be included part of element uh, four, but again, if this is specifically what it is here. Right. Um, and then one thing I wanted to point out with uh, all the questions that we were just kind of talking about here is that, um, you know, the, the organizations need to make sure that these are all identified in their occupational health as an occupational health hazard in the risk assessment, right? So, Correct. So if they've provided a risk assessment, but they haven't included, you know, biological agents or they haven't included lead or something yeah, like that. Silica, whatever, yeah, right? yeah, it has to be, they have to be stated, referenced back into their uh, risk assessment. Correct. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. Is there a documented procedure for chemical spill cleanup? Again, this question is pretty straightforward. Again, this is a procedure that defines the methods and tools used to clean up chemical spills. That could be diesel, et cetera, trichloroethylene, whatever, right? So mm -hmm. whatever chemicals you're dealing with, if it spills or it leaks out, what do you do with it? What do, how, do you fix, how do you clean it? Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Um, is there a documented procedure for uh, proper handling and storage of hazardous materials? Again, this is a legislative question as well. So again, how how do we clean up our hazardous materials? Where do we, sorry, where do we store them, right? So again, we can use our SDSs to help us answer this question, but it's it could be a little bit more than just what's contained in the SDS. Right, okay. Uh, 1411, is there a documented procedure for entering confined spaces? Again, this procedure uh, section is legislated as well. So again, it has to meet the legislative requirements of Regulation 63205. Mm -hmm. I find that um, you know sometimes companies will have a pretty 
lengthy um, confined space procedure, but that it doesn't actually meet the legislative requirements. True. So it's definitely something that uh, companies should pull up uh, the requirements and cross-reference their le- uh, cross-reference their procedure to make sure that they are hitting all those uh, requirements. Again, it's a, it's a you know it's an internal auditor, right? So include that internal auditor notes because no matter what, it's going to be verified at the external audit phase anyway. Right. Um, okay, Doke. Uh, Fourteen twelve. Uh, have personnel been trained on these procedures? So when we're talking about these procedures, we're going back to question 14.3 to all the way to 14.11. So the training must show or dictate that you actually conduct the training for those individuals for that. And again, it could be simple as, um, you know, training matrix, records for each one of them, et cetera. But it must be provided for three employees at least. Okay, and to clarify that when we're talking about the training for these procedures, as you said, um, it's referring to all of the procedures that we just discussed, right? Like right from chemicals all the way through to confined spaces. Correct, correct. The common uh, submission error is like we only tra- here's one for confined space, here's one rec- training record for women, and that's all they submit. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's three individuals for all of those training, mm-hmm. provided it's applicable to you. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, 14.3, does the organization provide and maintain adequate toilet and wash-up facilities? So, Stacey, this is a legislative question, but it's also observation and interview verified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, did Miss stated in the honor notes what was observed, where, you know, ideally you like to see photographic evidence of what you looked at mm-hmm. as a journal auditor, and comment on the interview results, right? So, you know, 95% positive, etc. Right, okay. right. Um, okay, and 14.4, an adequate, oh, does the organization provide and maintain an adequate supply of potable drinking water? Again, let's say a question to Stacy and well, observation and interview. So back to similar to 14.13, auditor notes must state what was observed, what uh, state what you looked at, where you looked at it, etc., and provide photographic evidence, and then also comment on the interview scores. Okay, uh, 14.15, is does the organization provide and maintain material safety data sheets? Again, uh, another legislative question. Lots of legislative questions in level 14, but mm-hmm. um, this is also documentation and observation be- uh, verified. So again, we're looking for at least three sample copies of your SDSs. Um, they better be, they should be current. Um, and well, the auditor notes must state was what was observed, where you observed it, and include some photographic evidence of what you looked at. Okay, great. Sounds like a theme in these uh, questions, all yeah. of these things. Uh, 14.16, does the organization provide and maintain properly labeled hazardous material? Yeah, again, 14 is probably the longest element, and 16 being the last question. But um, again, we're looking, it is legislated, it is observation interview. So again, back to auditor notes, must state what you observed, what you looked at, where you looked at it, and include photographic evidence. And then if you're going to comment on interview scores. Right. Okay, so uh, yeah, 14, element 14 is, like you said, a pretty lengthy element. Um, Did you have any final thoughts or comments on the topic of occupational health hazards? In in all fairness, it all starts at question 14-1, the risk assessment, making sure you identify the health hazards that are applicable to your company. In the past, I've seen, you know, we deal with, you know, trichloroethylene or something like that, big chemical, mm-hmm. but yet you don't even use it. So why is it in your program, right? right. Or part of the assessment or, you know, we got a really detailed um, point of issue that we don't even have a health hazard for that. So make sure you're documenting to what's applicable to your company. Right. Again, uh, 
it is if you don't pass this possible element the majority of the questions tie back to the risk assessment and yeah. that's where it all stems from the risk assessment so. right okay so key is to have a strong risk assessment and uh, make sure you're including everything that is applicable to your organization yes exactly thank you all right well thanks for coming in and uh, tackling this uh large element with me i appreciate it no problem thanks Stace, for having me okay The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.